the worst part of doing keto? The meal prep. What you really need is a quick, customizable, and easy keto meal replacement for when your other food options aren't ready. Introducing Keto Chow. It's the fully customizable meal replacement that makes keto easy. Keto Chow takes just seconds to prepare. Add the fat of your choice, a scoop of Keto Chow, water, and shake. Just trust the thousands of five-star reviews on Facebook, Amazon, and Google Shopping. Keto Chow comes in 18 delicious flavors. And in a third-party blind taste test, Keto Chow outperformed all of the competitors in appearance, flavor, texture, and overall impression. Head on over to JimmyLovesKetoChow.com to place your order. And be sure to use the coupon code LLVLC at checkout for 10% off your first order. While you're there, be sure to check out the electrolyte supplements, no sweetener, no added flavor, no caffeine, and pure electrolytes. Keto Chow. Ah, uh, living la vida loca. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs, time to explore the longest running health podcast hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the living la vida low carb show. Hey. Hey, hey guys, we're back here on the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show with Jimmy Moore. And today I'm very privileged to welcome to the podcast one of my fellow podcasters out there doing really great work in the world of nutritional health. Her name is Chantel Ray. She's the president and founder of Chantel Ray Real Estate. It's a Virginia-based company with seven locations. She also wrote a book called Waste Away, W-A-I-S-T, The Chantel Ray Way, as well as the host of said podcast, Waste Away, The Intermittent Fasting Podcast. And for most of her adult life, she struggled with her weight as well as autoimmune conditions and has spent the past decade interviewing over a thousand women trying to crack the code to weight loss. And her book is the result of all these interviews, countless hours spent studying the Bible on the topic, as well as her real life journey. And these days she's uh, sharing that journey on her podcast and in all the work that she's doing. Chantel, welcome to the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh my goodness. And when I saw that there was a fasting podcast after my fasting talk uh, episodes stopped airing, people are like, is there another intermittent fasting and fasting resource? I'm like, <laughs> as a matter of fact, there is. And Chantel Ray is your girl. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you filled that void. Thank you. Well, tell us a little more of your journey because you don't just wake up one day and have obesity and have autoimmune diseases. Tell us your health journey. Yeah. So I literally just, it's funny because in my house I had like, like thousands of weight loss books and I would just read them and then I would gain weight and lose weight. And I was just constantly on this roller coaster ride. And then I decided, you know what, if I want to be thin, I need to just start interviewing people who have been thin their whole life and have never been on a diet. Mm. Um, so like I would ask, like I wouldn't count people. So if they were like, yeah, you know, I kind of gained weight and lost weight and blah, 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 blah. That, that wouldn't be someone who I'd be like, you know, eating every word that they said. Right. So if they said to me, Hey, 
I've never been on a diet. I've just been thin my whole life. Now I'm like, ding, 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 ding. You're the girl I want to talk to. And I literally quiz them. I'm like, okay, what'd you have for breakfast? What'd you have for lunch? What'd you do? How did you work out? I mean, and I even have a bunch of them on live video because now I'm starting to video them talking and taking all those nuggets and turning it into like a video class. Um, Because hearing it from their mouth is powerful, right? So you, um, you only you only talked to people and interviewed people that had been thin their whole life. Is that what I heard you say? Pretty much like like I interviewed a girl who was like she was like, well, I was one hundred and thirty five pounds um, and now I'm one twenty five. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She's like, I just did this kind of tweak, this kind of tweak. But for the most part, I mean, one hundred and thirty five. She was like five, six or whatever. Right. I mean, that's a great weight. Normal weight. Yeah, um, yeah it's a great weight. And and so. Um, you know, that would be someone who, who would count, but for the most part, I would interview people and I wanted to make sure, you know, if you want to, if you, you wouldn't have a financial advisor who was like massively in debt and like, they didn't know what they were doing. Right. But I would hire somebody that had been in debt and got out of it. That's true. Um, but the way that I looked at it is, is that, I wanted someone who just truly for their whole life, they had really made choices and what they did. And for me, it was really important to pick someone who didn't yo-yo at all. That's really the secret is that they didn't yo-yo. With the assumption that they created lifestyle habits that you could then mimic. Yes. Got it. Okay. Exactly. I have a question later, but keep going. Yeah. So that's basically it. And what I did was I also read the Bible. Um, You know, I believe that the Bible is our roadmap for life and it's our manual. And so I literally read every single Bible verse that had to do with fasting, eating and Mm -hmm. and everything and kind of just wrote it down and put it into a book. And then that's how my book was written. From Man those shall not two live pieces. by bread alone. Yes. <laughs> of course, exactly. the, bread, the bread of biblical times is nothing like the bread we have these days. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Now, it's interesting what you decided to do because uh, a lot of people that get into this space, they want to hear from people that had been there, done that. So to me, it's very interesting that you only chose to talk to people that have been relatively weight stable for most of their life. And of course, some of that's genetic, some of it's good choices. Um, but I would think it would be far more fascinating. And I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate yeah, yeah, yeah. to interview people that had been morbidly obese and had been able to find their way to health and to, to fitness and some semblance of normality where it wasn't normal before. Yeah. And maybe I'll interview that for my next book. But for this (laughs) past one, I really wanted to get into the space of people who, because I think some people who have, you know, been overweight and now they've lost weight. The the biggest thing is some of those people are still in bondage to dieting and food. That's what I found is that even Hmm. though they've figured out a way to, you know, stay thinner and keep the weight off, they still have a little bit of that bondage to food. And that's what I was trying to kind of figure out from the other people of like, what was it? You know, what is it? And, and the number one thing, 
you know, out of my book is that truthfully, all those thin people is they ate when they were physically hungry. Yeah. And they stopped right before they were full every time, you know, and they never, they never wanted that full feeling like they didn't want to be like stuffed. And so they never got to that place. So I feel like as I started interviewing people who had lost the weight, I still heard words come out of their mouth like, like they were still in bondage to food, that they still felt like they were on a diet. They weren't fully there. They've managed to keep it off, but they hadn't like crossed over that plateau. Like perfect example for me is alcohol. So I've never been a big drinker. I don't know why. I just have, I've never drank a ton of alcohol. Um, But like, if I want one drink, I'll have one drink. If I want two, I'll have two. But I'm totally in control. And in my house, people bring us wine all the time and alcohol all the time. And it's just sitting there. And so like, if I want it, I can have it. But to be honest, I haven't had a drink in probably 18 months now. Because I remember it was not this past year, but the the year before my husband's birthday is the last time I had a drink. And I just don't like to drink my calories. And I know I don't feel great when I have it. So I just, I'm just not a big drinker. Um, so, but if I want one, I can have it. And so that's the kind of relationship I kind of wanted to develop with food that I just, I could have a donut sitting near me and I didn't have this compulsion to be like, oh my gosh, I got to eat 10 of them. This is so fascinating to me because I I do see the merit in what you did in interviewing the people that have been weight stable. But again, I think it takes greater strength uh, and and there's more challenges for someone who's been obese that has Mm -hmm. then figured out a way, even if they're still kind of working through the mechanism of how they cope with that and how they stay there. It's still fascinating to me, uh, more fascinating to me, someone that's overcome. Um, and again, the way you did it, I think yeah. is, is very interesting. That's a great idea. This, this gives me a lot of, this gives me a lot of good hope to say, okay, let us, let's enter, let, let's me do that from the next book, right? Yeah. Interview a bunch of people who truly have lost the weight and see what was the things that they did and what was their mindset and what were the plateaus they hit. Yeah, I like it. I think that's going to be my next book. <laughs> well, and, and, and then the challenge of dealing with things like insulin resistance and maybe some genetic predispositions that make you carry on more weight. I know for myself, you know, for example, my mom, she was over 300 pounds when she had me. And she uh, had to have a C-section, so I never got the vaginal birth, which gave a lot of the gut health benefits that we know are vital. I was passed on insulin resistance at birth, and I think that's what made it challenging for me. And then you see someone not just overcome weight issues, but also get healthy in the process. There's just so many moving parts to this question that, uh, yeah, I think you could dig deeper in at least a part two, maybe a part three book. I agree. I agree 100 percent because you're absolutely right. People who are even who are just pre like in that pre-diabetic stage, because that, you know, there's a lot of people now that are getting into that, um, you know, when they check their blood sugar, they're in that pre pre-diabetic stage. And that makes a huge difference on, 
just how you're feeling and how you're processing that sugar and how your body can absorb it. And sadly, most people aren't testing their blood sugar, which is something I've tried to preach in my own work pretty often is if you want to kind of see your state of health, don't look at your total cholesterol. Don't look at your weight. Don't look at this. Don't look at that. Look at how your blood sugar is doing. And if your blood sugar is all funky, uh, nine times out of 10, you got something going on and, and it'll manifest in other ways in your body. Yeah. And one of the ways to do it, like I literally, it's funny because I think I have like six of those blood sugar monitors and I don't, <laughs> I really don't have a problem with my sugar, yeah. but because I'm always like, because I'm doing so much research and like we, it was so hysterical. We went out for lunch and it was, we have this like lunch bunch that we get together. It's like 10 of my girlfriends Yeah, and it was awesome. But at the end I was like, okay, Here's what I'm gonna, and all my friends are very, very thin. My my husband jokes around with me and he says that I only am really good friends with people who are thin because psychologically I want to be thin. So you know how they say like hang out with the top five people you want to be like? <laughs> and, and it's not totally true, but he might have some merit to it. Maybe I'm doing it subconsciously. It just happens to be that, you know, most of my friends are very, very thin. And so here we are at lunch and I'm like, okay, here's what we're going to do. Everyone's going to take their blood sugar. And I literally have the monitors, you know what I mean? And take everyone's blood sugar before lunch. And then I did it after lunch. And then we did it like an hour later. But that's the kind of stuff that's fun for me. (laughs) And your girlfriends are okay with you pricking their fingers? Yes, yes. (laughs) Wow. Well, and and here's the other kind of monkey wrench in this whole discussion is a lot of this has been uh, predicated on weight, but you could have a funky monkey metabolism and be normal weight. My wife, Christine, for example, when I met her, she was 90 pounds soaking wet. We got married a couple of years later and she was 95 pounds and she was so metabolically unhealthy on the inside. We just didn't know it yet. It didn't manifest until she had three autoimmune diseases and had her uh, gallbladder taken out, and we had miscarriages with babies. We never could have children. So it didn't manifest till down the road. So sometimes people see their thinness as their healthfulness when nothing could be further from the truth. Yes, absolutely. That is true. And that's the other piece, too, is in my next book, I'm really going to talk about, like, when you – when you have thyroid issues, when you have autoimmune issues, when you have some of these other things, you the, the way that you're going to eat has to be different than somebody who is in you know really good health. They don't have all those issues. The things that they can eat is going to be different and you have to be okay with that. So I'm yeah. excited to write about that for my next book for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, speaking of autoimmune, you deal with some autoimmune conditions and and you try to address a lot of those in the work that you're doing, including your book and your podcast. Talk. Do you have Hashimoto's? Is that what it is? Yes, I do. I have Hashimoto's and I also have psoriasis. Ah, just like my wife, Christine, she also had endometriosis until she had to have a hysterectomy. It got so bad they had to just remove everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So. So one of the things, you know, that I talk about in my book is that you want to really savor your food and you want to eat what you really want to eat. So like what normally happens with someone 
is that's on a diet, they go, okay, I'm going to, you know, not have this, not have that, not have this. And then, then they like want it. And then that deprivation creates this massive binge. And so then they're like binging and then they're like, oh my gosh, now I'm going back on a diet. And then they, it just goes through that vicious cycle. The problem with me is, is that we have, you know, I, I understand that I have some thyroid issues. I have autoimmune issues, psoriasis. And so there are foods that for me don't do well. One is gluten, gluten and dairy. Those two things. I already know if I eat those two things, my psoriasis is automatically going to be worse. My thyroid is not going to function. And so I had to do a real mindset shift to go, okay, I'm still eating what I really want. So like if I want to have yogurt, I just have to have a dairy-free yogurt, Mm -hmm. right? If I I want a cookie, I'm just going to have to have a gluten-free cookie. So I'm still eating what I want. I'm just having to adjust for the fact that I'm having these, you know, I have these issues. And until I can heal my gut completely, I have to understand that that's okay. But I'm still, I'm still go asking myself the question, what do I really, what is my body really craving right now? Mm -hmm. So like one of the things I say is, like my son is a thin, he's only seven years old, but he's a thin eater and he eats like when he gets sick, he'll say, mom, can I have some orange juice? I'm really craving orange juice. Like your body will, will crave like once you get to the point, like if you're just like, I'm just craving brownies and I'm craving that, then we have another problem, right? (laughs) If all you're wanting is craving that stuff. But what I'm saying is like your body will tell you, like, why does he say to me when he has a cold, mom, I'm craving orange juice because your body tells you this is what you're needing right now. It's amazing, but it will tell you that. Hmm. And I'm a big fan of listening to your body, although sometimes I think those signals can send wrong signals, uh, especially like when people are in a compromised position, they're stressed, they're having, uh, you know, something unusual happening, they're in pain, and it usually drives them to want to have carbohydrate-based foods primarily. And I always wonder if our bodies are just screaming for micronutrition at that point, like for your son wanting the orange juice, maybe his his body is saying, I want the vitamin C in there to help with the cold, but maybe there's other ways to get the vitamin C that don't give you such a sugar load. I'm just saying for other people that might be sensitive to the sugar. So like I said earlier, there's so many moving parts to this, this discussion. (laughs) Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And that's exactly right. Cause like for him, he doesn't have any problem with sugar for, so for him to have a little small glass of, you know, fresh squeezed orange juice is fine for someone else who their blood sugar is wacko, you know, maybe eating, you know, half of a tangerine is where they need to go. Yeah. If you're a fan of fat, then you need to try the F-bombs. Go to JimmyLovesFbomb.com, enter the coupon code JimmyLovesFbomb, and you'll get 20% off of your first order. So what are these F-bombs? They are nut butters, and they have incredible combinations of coconut and macadamia nut, macadamia nut butter, and my favorite is salted chocolate macadamia nut butter. They also have several oil blends, including the 
the house blend, the MCT oil, as well as coconut oil. If you want your fat on the go, then you need to check out JimmyLovesFBomb.com. And once again, use the coupon code JimmyLovesFBomb. You'll get 20% off your first order. JimmyLovesFBomb.com. So let's talk about where fasting comes into this conversation because you have a whole podcast all about it now where you talk about more than just fasting, but fasting is kind of in the title and what you're doing. How did you get introduced to fasting? So yeah, I had a I had a personal trainer. His name was Chris Sykes. And he said to me, he's like, here's what I want you to do. He's like, I want you to shorten your eating window to only eat eight hours a day. And at the time, I really, I was probably eating something around 9 a.m. and being done around like 6.30 or something like that. So it wasn't like I was eating in a huge, I wasn't like waking up having something at 6 a.m. And so he said, you know, go ahead and go into an eight-hour eating window and see if you lose any weight. And I really didn't. And then he said, okay, I want you to try to eat in a six hour eating window, go from 12 to six. And I want you to be fasting the rest of the hours. (laughs) And that's right at the time where I was really doing a lot of the research on in the Bible. And it just kept talking about the Bible says when you fast, not if you fast. Assuming that you would. Yeah. Assuming that you're going to do it. And I was like, oh, that I, I never noticed that before. When I was looking, I was like, wow, I, I, I actually never even, you know, I went to church every Sunday. My, my pastor from my home church, I never once heard him talk about fasting. They never. de-emphasize it they, because it's a little bit taboo in today's age where there's food at every corner. Yes. So I was like, it really, I just then started going, oh my gosh, okay, and, and where in it's in Matthew six sixteen, um, where it says when you fast. Um, but this was something that I said to myself, okay, if this is what God wants me to do, let me look up over 70 times. The Bible talks about fasting yeah, and, and it also talks about fasting when you literally, it was like when someone was crying out to God saying, this is an issue. And I knew that my eating had become an issue now. Like I was using this as an idol. Like when I was happy, I was eating. When I was sad, I was eating. When I was depressed, I was eating. It just, Mm -hmm. it just didn't matter. You know, it was celebration. I was eating and I thought, okay, this is something I really need to cry out to God and say, you know what, God, this has gotten to be a problem and I've got to fix it. And so that's when I was like, well, if the Bible's telling me to fast, then let me try it. Yes. How did it go? So, um, I, First of all, I used to be on thyroid medicine. I was on 125 milligrams of Synthroid. And every time I went to the doctor, he would say, Chantel, your thyroid's still not functioning. Your thyroid's still not functioning. We need to keep upping it. And I was like, this is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Every time I go, I'm having to put more thyroid, more thyroid, more thyroid. And so I, I, what I found out was as I started cleaning up my diet and as I um, started doing all of the fasting, my thyroid started working in overdrive. And so I, what I did is I just started weaning myself off. So instead of, he was saying, we got to increase, we've got to increase. I started decreasing my thyroid medicines very, very slowly. I went from like 125 to like a hundred and then like to 85, you know, I cut the pills in half and stuff like that. And I just slowly, slowly, 
got myself off thyroid medicine because it was making me sick. So you take none and at all today? No, I don't take any. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Christine, my wife Christine has Hashimoto's. She still has to take Armor Thyroid, which is kind of yeah. the, the more natural version of Synthroid. But still, uh, coming off of it, I couldn't imagine for her. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And, and the thing is, is that it it was the best thing that I've ever done is to get off of it. And if someone has thyroid issues, I would say definitely use either armor thyroid or nature thyroid. Um, but I would really work on the fasting and the eating, you know, the clean eating is going to really, really help you in the sense of getting off that thyroid medicine. What does it do? What, what specifically Chantel is the fasting contributing to help with the thyroid? So the number one thing that it's doing is that it's just, you know, people don't realize how much it takes your body to digest your food, right? Like how much energy it's taking to digest your food. And so I truly believe that, you know, someone going from eating, you know, every two hours, then they have a snack, then they have this, their body's using all that energy into digesting that, it's taking that time that you're fasting to start healing other parts of your body. Um, but the, the other piece that is really helped me with the, um, you know, if I, if I was still doing like a six hour fast, but in that six hours I was eating like tons of carbs and just processed foods and stuff like that, my thyroid wouldn't function as well. So for me, the way that, the way that I can be sure that I don't have to take thyroid medicine, I really have to eat about 90% of my diet has to be basically lean fruits, vegetables, and f- I'm sorry, lean proteins, fruits, <laughs> lean proteins, lean fruits. fruits. Yes. They're all naturally lean except for the avocado, but yeah. yeah. So yeah, fruits, vegetables, and, and kind of lean meats. That's, uh-huh. that's basically 90% of my diet. And what kind of fats and, are in that diet? Um, I do, I eat a ton of avocado. Okay. So I'm like an avocado junkie. I, I actually eat too much of it. So monounsaturated fat you're saying? Yes. Do you have mm-hmm. any saturated fat at all, like butter or lard or coconut oil? Mm-hmm. So the only dairy I pretty much eat is butter. Have you tried ghee? Yeah, I can do butter it's and so I can do good. ghee. Ghee is so mm-hmm. good. <laughs> yeah, but when I start when I start adding in any kind of like processed foods and stuff like that, unfortunately, I'm not my body. I have not healed my gut to the point that I can get myself so that I can eat in my book. I talk about eating basically the 80, 20 principle, Mm -hmm. 80% of your diet is that fruits, vegetables, and, um, meats. And then the other 20% is kind of whatever you want. You know, like if I want to go out dinner and have a few nachos, I can, you know, but, and that works for you. It works for me. Yes. But, but, but here's the thing. It, the, for me, for my thyroid, instead of doing the 80-20, I have to do more like the 90-10 yes. or 95-5. Yep. See what I'm saying? I'm 95-5. Only because yep. of my health. Only because of my health is still not 100% there yet. But yeah. if a person who isn't struggling well with all those, 
all the people that are, you know listen to our podcast, they have great success kind of doing that 80-20 principle. Yeah, I remember a few years back I was in the paleo community and they were yes. talking about 80-20, 80-20, and I'm going, yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm a very insulin resistant man who's trying mm-hmm. to stave off getting type 2 diabetes and stave mm-hmm. off weight gain. And and it's challenging at that 80-20. So yeah, mine is closer to 95-5 as well because I have a purpose in mind. And plus, I know that about myself. I think, Chantel, mm-hmm. part of what comes into play is people trying to figure things out and they hear things like 80 20 well i can do 20 percent whatever i want chantelle mm-hmm. ray says it's okay and and so i'm very glad to hear that you said there's a caveat there unless you know that you have challenges yes yeah and it's really just about it's about getting your gut health where you need need it to be yeah and just the rest, if you can get your gut where you need it to be, your whole body will be. I, I was thinking about writing a book that was like something about your gut because I just, I'm reading so much information about how important your gut is and about pooping. You know, we have tons of guests on our show <laughs> yeah. of how important and, and the more doctors I have on, you'll hear them say, you should be pooping. If you're eating twice a day, one guy said on our last show, he said, if you're eating twice a day, you should be pooping twice a day. Yeah. My mom is in the best health. She's just such great health. But that's what she says. She's like, when I eat, I poop. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Why are you in such great health? I do a podcast on Thursdays called Keto Talk, and we did a poop fest uh, a couple of years ago. And yeah, w- one of the things that came out was two snakes a day. If you're not if you're not pooping two snakes a day, there's something wrong. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, it's amazing that you're out there doing your thing. I'm really happy to have another voice of of reason and someone who's been there, done that, who's doing the research and talking to the people. Uh, really excited to have your work out there, Chantel. Again, you guys, go check out ChantelRayWay.com. That's C-H-A-N-T-E-L-R-A-Y-W-A-Y.com. And find her out there on uh, Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts at the Waste Away Intermittent Fasting Podcast. And like I said at the beginning, she doesn't just talk about intermittent fasting. It's obviously a big part of what she does, uh, but definitely check that out as well. Have you done any longer fasts than just like 18 hours? Yes, I have. The longest fast I've ever done is eight full days. Wow. Um, and That's that was solid. A, yeah, that was really, really hard. But I will tell you, when I did that eight-day fast, my skin looked like a million bucks. I mean, yes. there was not a drop of – and that's what I'm talking about, healing your body, yes. right? I mean, there was not a drop of psoriasis. I felt like an absolute million bucks, and I need to do a longer fast. Um, like one of the things that for me, when I was on thyroid medicine, it was very, very – this is how I knew – that the eating made such an impact because when you're like, I couldn't hardly take my thyroid medicine when I was fasting because fasting makes your thyroid kind of, you know, really start working. So if you're taking that thyroid medicine and you're fasting, then that's when you felt like, oh my gosh, I feel terrible, right? Yeah, it's like blood pressure medication while you're fasting, not very smart. Yes. So that's why, you know, now because I don't, I'm not taking any thyroid medicine. It's a little bit easier for me to fast, but you know, you have good days and you have bad days. And what I suggest to people is if you're going to do it, 
It's just like running a marathon. <laughs> like one day, one time I went out and did a half marathon without training at all. And, you know, my Achilles, I hurt my Achilles. I mean, I was just an absolute mess, you know, thinking that I was just going to go out and run a half marathon without any training. What were you thinking? That, <laughs> I know. So, so it's like the same thing with fasting. It's like what I suggest people to do is start with doing an eight hour window where you yeah. eat, you know, from 10 to six and then bring it down to a six hour window and then yep. do one meal a day and then do a 24 hour fast and then do a 36 and just creep your way up and just keep going up and up and up until you say, you know what? That's how I, that's how I, I didn't just start, boom, I'm doing eight at eight days. I gradually did it. And to be honest, I could have gone a little bit longer, I think. Yeah. Once you get past like day three, uh, mm -hmm. it's pretty simple. Once you get beyond that, you'll have moments here and there of hunger. I've done three 21 day fast for the record. And then oh I did in, in one January, I did 28 out of the 31 days I fasted. Oh uh, of course, I was doing a little recon for a book. I was writing the complete guide to fasting that I wrote with Dr. Fung. But uh, yeah, so so yeah, I've done a lot of these and I've come to the conclusion after doing all of these over these uh, years is that you really don't get a lot more benefit going over like five to seven days uh, of fasting. And you get to fast more often. If you fast for five to seven days, you get to fast again. Whereas if you go 21 days, you got to kind of recuperate for a little while and maybe not do one for another few months. Whereas if you fast for five to seven days, you could do it again in a few weeks. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty fascinating, um, you know, once you get into this. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I think the thing that people don't realize is that we have so many people who are, you know, taking diabetes medication, insulin, high blood pressure medication, all of these things. And I have seen over and over and over that through fasting, people have been able to reverse type two diabetes. Yep. They've been get able to get off their medications. And so, I mean, I've watched it with my own eyes and we've done coaching with people and it's just absolutely amazing how their body has healed just through, just through some people just doing the intermittent fasting, not even having to do the, the long, long, long ones. Right. I think three fourths of the people listening to this right now, if you just intermittent fasted, you get most of the benefits. Uh, it's the people that are insulin resistant that maybe have had health struggles, uh, for most of their life, maybe have had obesity for most of your life that you could push it a few more days and get even more benefits. So yeah, it, it's kind of the, your mileage may vary and you just got to figure it out on your own. And you're definitely one of those people that's trying to help those people figure it out on their own edge. Definitely check out her book too, because you include a lot of information about everything we've talked about here today. Waste Away, the Chantel Ray Way. And I would like to give away a couple of books. Do you have a Facebook page? Maybe we can do like a giveaway if they share it. Maybe I can send you some books and we can kind of do a giveaway. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, of course. Uh, I've got okay, Instagram. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll figure out something. I post it and, and I'll give it away. And one thing else that um, you know, a tip, someone said to me, you know, if I wanted to kind of come up with a regime on fasting that would be reasonable, what would you say? And I said, you know, for me, I kind of say once a week, I like to at least do 
at least a 24 hour fast, you know, where I'm just doing a full 24 hour. And then once a month, it's really great if you could do a three day fast and then once a quarter do a seven day. Interesting. That, that little regime right there is really, really good. And it's, it's, it's doable. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, if you can get your arms around that. And with daily um, intermittent fasting, you're saying. And daily, yeah. Every day I do intermittent fasting. Even when I'm on vacation, um, people are like, well, when you're on vacation, do you kind of, and I'm like, no, I still, I might, instead of doing a six hour window on vacation, I might do eight hour window, right. but I'm not, I'm definitely not eating from the minute I wake up until the minute I go to sleep ever, ever again. It's just, it's too much food. <laughs> well, and yeah. And when you get used to only eating once or twice a day um, and the whole yeah. OMAD uh, even kind of tightens it, the window even more. Do you do OMAD every once in a while, yes, one meal a day? And And honestly, that is when, if I'm, if I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, I really need to tighten things up. That's where I will really lose the most weight is if I just eat one meal a day. And I, I am, you know, certain people are like lunch people and certain people are dinner people. For me, I'm super happy to eat at like one o'clock and have my lunch. And then that's it. I'm done, but I eat what I want. I'm, you know, full and I'm, I'm good for the next, you know, next 24 hours. So that's when I really want to lose weight instead of doing a six hour window, I'll do just the one meal a day, the OMAD. And one o'clock is your breakfast. <laughs> yeah. One o'clock is the time that I like to eat. A lot of people are dinner people, you know, six o'clock, seven o'clock. That's when they like to eat. But everyone is different. You yeah. know? But like you said earlier, the body has to work really hard to digest and that can start messing with your sleep. So I'm I'm similar to you, Chantel, in as much as if I'm going to eat one meal, it's going to be around one o'clock in the afternoon. My mm-hmm. body is fully digested so that by the time I lay my head on the pillow, all that sleep that I'm getting is truly going to be going towards refreshing and rejuvenating my body, not mm-hmm. worrying about digestion. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, uh, Chantel Ray is her name. Definitely go check her out, ChantelRayWay.com. And Chantel, thanks so much for joining us here today on the Live and La Vida Low Carb Show. Yes, this is so much fun. Thank you so much. Uh, living La Vida Low Carb. This show is changing lives. We talking about your diet, trying to get you feeling right. Cut up the avocados, fry some eggs. Time to explore the longest running health podcast, hosted by Jimmy Moore. Time to give up the crappy garbage. We're getting into ketosis. Every day is a new step to your goal. Yeah, you're getting closer. Motivated and focused. Don't stop, just go. Time to get inspiration from the Living La Vida Low Carb Show. Hey. The Living Low Carb Show.com. Woo! Disc of Light.